0: Welcome to another episode of The Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair, joined by my producer, Joe Teason. We are changing up the recording of the show. We're recording it somewhere else this week. We're recording it in at my place instead of at producer Joe's place. And we're sitting on the floor. Uh, and this is kind of where I start to feel very old because, like, just sitting on the floor for a few <laughs> minutes and my spine is hurting so bad. My Stomach feels like it's stretching. I don't even have a big stomach. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> sitting on the floor is just is doing a number on my on my body right now. I, I'm not sure why I'm sitting on the floor. I could very easily sit on the couch that I'm leaning on right now, but I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, we're just uh, here recording a, another episode. And I'm just looking at my laptop right now. I have Roto World up, which is where I get all of my news from, and there's a picture of Patrick Mahomes on the on the homepage. And it just looks like he's wearing a turtleneck while he's wearing Patrick Mahomes. Page. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes page, very good, my guy. But I feel like that's how have I never noticed that it looks like Patrick Mahomes is legitimately wearing a turtleneck while playing football. You see that? Ooh. Look at that. He's mm-hmm. wearing like a like a like a '90s looking turtleneck while playing football. That's super baller. I just noticed that right now. Sorry, I was trying to think of a way to start the show, and what better way than Patrick Mahomes wearing a turtleneck. He's already the coolest person in the entire NFL and now he's wearing a turtleneck while playing sports. Super cool. But yeah, uh, I guess at the beginning of the show, I have, a, I have a couple things you know to maybe get off my chest or things that I feel like Joe and I could talk about. And the first thing is something that we were talking about before the start of the show. We were just kind of shooting the breeze, uh, talking, testing out the mics and we were talking about um, a, a stage in our lives where... Uh, we were into a certain genre of music that isn't really prevalent anymore. I mean, it is in
1: some in it's, some it's places, a, yeah.
0: I guess like, and you might see it in a lot of like football highlight <laughs> videos. But it's it's trap music, right? Trap it's music, trap music, like
1: electronic, not like not like mm. rap yeah, trap. Yeah,
0: no, see, and that's another thing. Why is exactly. there two t- kinds of trap music?
1: Because like, there's a trap like 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 hip hop that kind of trap music, and uh, there's like the electronic yeah. trap music. Like,
0: okay, so which one came first?
1: uh rap always comes first
0: rap always comes first it's very nice um, I like think yeah. every genre of music comes from hip-hop so you know let's just yeah. let's just say that trap hip-hop was first <laughs> but trap music electronic music joe why don't you describe to describe to the viewer at home what trap music is
1: yeah so if you ever heard of dubstep mm. oh no it's really hard to describe what trap <laughs> music is because, because like some people electronic, might st- electronic electronic yeah. music
0: is a is a spectrum.
1: Mm, it is a spectrum.
0: Sort of like gender, you know. Yeah, kind
1: of, like gender. <laughs> sort exactly of like, like that. Like
0: gender. Very good. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's that. Elect- no, so electronic music and trap music is on that spectrum. Is on that spectrum. What like in and it the, was in my spectrum and it, it was in, in, <laughs> in 2014. In the spectrum of my life, yeah, it was around, you know, when I was 14. And yeah, there was such a weird time in our. You were fourteen. Well, okay, yeah. Well, I don't know. I was. You were. You were thirteen, fourteen. So I would have been. So I would have been what? How much older am I than you? Like four years, three years, three or four years. How old are you now? Nineteen. Nineteen. Oh shoot, now we just revealed your age on the podcast. Twenty five. Nobody's ever gonna listen to this podcast now if they know how young we are. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. And, I, and I'm twenty two, turning twenty three, and I just talked about how old I was with my back problems sitting on the floor. That's sad. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we're we're you're nineteen, so we're three years, I guess four years apart. Your birthday already happened this year, right? Okay, good. <laughs> um so yeah, I guess we're so I would have been like seventeen. And we yeah. were listening to trap music in my parents' basement.
1: As you probably noticed, one of these mics—it's the one of these mics—sounds really terrible. Last week, it was the one that Joe was using. Well, it's not the mics; it's the cables. And so yeah. we're working on it. I'm still, gonna work you know, on it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna buy a new yeah. auxiliary cable, and then we're gonna make it better. But it just sounds like I'm talking into a sock.
0: Yeah. Socking into a talk. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Bad, yeah. Unfortunately, it was it was the mic or the cord that I had last week. So the, the person that was talking, the majority of the podcast sounded yeah. like he was talking through a sock. Uh, obviously, you know, we're still p- pretty new to the whole podcast scene. You know, this is not a high production thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense, Joe. I mean, you do a great job <laughs> with the, with the produce, producing of the show. But, you know, we're going to get better. Hopefully we'll improve that. And then, uh, you know, Joe doesn't sound like he's talking from... A few uh, meters away from his mic. Yeah. He's he's right in front of his mic, I promise. And talking directly yeah, into it. Directly into it, I promise. And there's no socks in sight except for on his feet. I'm not even wearing socks this week because I really don't want to sound quiet. So I didn't even <laughs> wear socks. Uh but yeah, let's get back to Good trap job. music. Okay. Let's get back to trap music. Okay, real Sorry. quick. Before we get into the football as mm-hmm. aspect of the podcast, which we are gonna we're gonna get into that. We're gonna go over the news, a lot of extensions happening this mm-hmm. week. Uh guys who are franchise tag getting extensions. I'm gonna get into that. And then we're gonna give you my top five cornerbacks later on in the show, but trap music. And we were talking about certain artists that we remember and like so off the top of your dome, what of what dome. top of the dome, what are some, some trap artists that you can that you can think of right now? So we, we talked about Arrow Chord. Arrow Chord Aero, surface. Arrow chord <laughs> surface. That was a song we were listening to prior to this. Look it up fantastic song listen not really into trap music any- well actually i think i could get back in i definitely I think i could get back in.
1: It. it could be a phase of mine yeah for I, sure. i'm I'd ready so. to jump
0: back in midlife crisis early gonna <laughs> get into trap music i mean you were gonna go some, to some trap concerts mm. once covid is over we're just gonna you raves. know some are they, raves? are they raves i don't know Does it
1: yeah honestly sometimes like techno stuff pops up on my on my explore page on instagram mm. it is a it is a whole world
0: yeah it is a
1: whole it world is a whole world it's like it's like completely <laughs> separate from planet earth it <laughs> yeah, is it's is crazy weird yeah i
0: totally agree it's like, like it, a whole nother breed is it just because they're on drugs is that why like is I'm, that
1: oh, I, is I, that the thing i i do believe that drug is is encouraged
0: yeah encouraged and it influences and, a lot of it oh like, for sure
1: but like it's just like a, it's just like a party. It, but it's nuts. not even like a
0: party. Like it's like a like, like a it's like it's like a different. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, Come people. Wow, that was great. Yeah, so, OK, the music that we have in the podcast, like you create this music. What kind of music do you think that you make? Are you just making beats? Like, that's just uh, that's, that's just, just, just electronic. What is I don't, that considered? No. See what like what defines a genre? It's
1: you can it's. Genres are weird. now. I
0: think genres are are disappearing. They kind are. Of. Oh, I think so. It's too. kind of sort of like in the NBA with with positions in basketball. It's like as athletes are getting bigger and stronger and faster. So like you have like a six eight guy that can p- do things that usually only a six two guy could do. So it's like there's no more positions in basketball really. Mm. It's kind of the same with music. It's like it's all just it's melding, all
1: fading into. Yeah, there's no genres. There's just subgenres and it's all
0: subgenres. So how can there be subgenres without genres? You know, explain Uh, that music guy. I don't know. So I agree. Like it seems like as far as music goes, you know, there's the genres are slowly disappearing, and we're seeing more genres meld together. And one that I wish would stop melding together is is hip-hop and country music
1: oh that needs to come that to needs to die <laughs> I
0: yesterday i mean just you're
1: talking about um uh everything oh what's his name
0: lil nas so no that yeah was that not- was fine because that was just hip-hop that, that was, was not just, country
1: that was also just funny a funny yeah. thing to do for him
0: <laughs> i just i bef- you know before we move on i just please country just just stay separate from hip-hop. Hip-hop, stay separate. I love both the genres. I want to put that out there. Love hip-hop. Love country. I'm a huge country fan. Obviously, country is the butt of all jokes when it comes to music. I love country music. I love Willie Nelson. I love Merle mm. Haggard. I love guys hey, like Lucas Eric Church, Nelson. Lucas Nelson. Yes. Turn that all the way up in my speakers. I love that. Um, but please, you know, just... Stop melding with hip hop and hip hop. I love hip hop, love people like Kendrick Lamar, Ooh. you know, love J. Cole, childish you know, Gambino, people. childish Gambino, love childish Gambino. You know, if all of a sudden childish Gambino came out tomorrow and released a song with Luke Bryan, Florida, I would, Florida, Florida, Georgia line. <laughs> I mean, I would lose a little bit of respect. Like, you don't just don't do that, you know. I, I, mm. I you know, you never see. It's never the good artists that are that are mixing genres like that. You're like you're never seeing, you would never see Kendrick Lamar and and uh, and Lucas Nelson make a song together. I
1: feel like that's when you sell out. Yeah,
0: you're, you never see like Tyler Childers and J Cole making a song together. Like that that would never be a thing that that, that you'd see because I think they they respect music, and and realize that both genres are great, but don't combine them, don't put them together, and then it gets into the whole thing where pop country is becoming a thing where it's like. I mean, genuinely, if you listen to Country Music Station, and this is an overplayed thing. Like, people talk about this all the time. Oh, re- there's no real country anymore. It's Bo just... Bo Burnham's bit uh, on make happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make happy, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's just talking about, like, sort of the pandering aspect, too, of country music. And, and like, it is over overplayed or overstated that there is no real country music anymore. But if you go onto country stations, it's very hard at times for me to even realize when I'm in my truck and I'm listening to... To a country music, that, sometimes I don't even know I'm on a country music station. Like I'll be listening to something, and I heard a song by I think it was Sam Hunt, who's mm. one of the pop country guys. It was the worst song I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. I promise you. I, I believe it had Willie Nelson in the beginning, and oh, it was no. like some sort of auto tune. Like it wasn't, but it wasn't Willie Nelson like featured in the song. They just took like a clip oh, or like something from okay. yeah, like a sample, and then they turned it. Into, oh my gosh, it was the worst. It. I have never felt like that when I heard a song. Like I've never had a had a song affect my bodily functions as much as much as I almost drove my truck off the road when I was listening (laughs) to that song. I'm sorry, Sam Hunt, but not don't make bad music. And I wouldn't have to do this. I was so I wish I could think of the name of the song. We'll just, you know, I'll take a quick break. I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna find the song. Okay. And we're back on the podcast. I just listened to the to the song. It's, it's So it is by Sam Hunt. It's called Hard to Forget. I don't think it is Willie Nelson at the beginning uh, 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 of, the, of the song. It's, it's something else, but it's, oh my goodness, it's so bad. It, it honestly makes me so mad. It makes me feel like an old man, like get off my lawn, like turn that <laughs> down. Like it's just so bad it though. Up. It's so bad. If you want to listen to the song, it's called, what was it called again? Hard to, to Forget. forget. Hard to Forget by Sam Hunt. Uh, if you want to ruin your day. Uh, just like we just did right now. Oh gosh, it's so bad. But, anyways, we're totally on a complete rabbit trail at this point. But I, this is good. You know, it was good music talk. Joe is mm. Joe. Joe's a, you know he's a he's a whole music guy. I'm you know, I'm i whereas I'm the football guy. Joe's the music guy. All the music that's on this podcast, other than him playing music from <laughs> his phone before, music. that was copyrighted music. All the music that is on this podcast, other than that, is made by him. So make sure you, uh, you you have anything to plug? Jim? No, anything? I don't. <laughs> I've, I've, been,
1: I've been meaning maybe one day when I, if I start making. Well, what, what are things, your social medias? And people can
0: I just, hand, people can just follow you. Do people know the social
1: media off by heart?
0: Uh, No. Well, actually I do, but that's because I'm kind of a loser.
1: Joe underscore Thiessen.
0: Thiessen. How do you spell Teason?
1: T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N.
0: Very good. I better get very simple. A ton of followers. Be better, <laughs> better get a ton of followers. While you're at it, follow the show on Instagram and follow Twitter. The show. Underscore Average Joe Show. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I need more followers on Twitter, guys. I'm always posting things on there, and I'm not getting a whole <laughs> lot of response. And I just, you know, I need some help, guys. I need some help from my loyal uh, followers. My lo- loyal, well, not followers, because you're not following me on Twitter. But yes, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter. I'm begging you. Mm-hmm. I'm on my knees at this point. I'm on my I think butt <laughs> on the floor. My back hurts. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, mm. and make sure if you're wherever you're listening to the show, rate, uh, give us five stars, please. Uh, give us a review, um, and also subscribe to the podcast. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Make sure you do that. Uh, Joe, you got anything else to say before we jump into the news?
1: Yeah, I wanted to elaborate on your whole you need more followers on Twitter. The reason I think. Twitter is becoming less and less popular. Instagram is taking over. Mm. TikTok is taking over. Mm. I sound like an 87 years old.
0: Yeah, TikTok's taking over. TikTok is one of the things that makes me feel the most old. And like I said, I'm only 22. So it's like, I'm really not old at all. But TikTok, I just, it's a whole world I don't (laughs) understand. Like it it, it, it snuck up on me. So I was like, I heard about TikTok when it was musically or whatever. Like it was a thing that I would just kind of watch commentary videos about it, like funny people making fun of it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just a dumb thing that like and all of a sudden it's huge. Like it just blew up and it's like just punched me in the back of the head and I wasn't ready for it. Right. <laughs> like it just yeah, it's totally snuck up on me and I have no idea what's going on over there.
1: Best like, thing that's come out of TikTok is um, people like Cody Ko. Yes. Making fun of yeah exactly Facebook. see those it's are the hilarious.
0: those are the type of videos that I'm talking about those those are the ones that I was watching I was mm. listening to or like I would watch commentary just basically making fun of this and I never thought that it would be a legitimate thing but it's big like brands are on there like oh, yeah and like it's remember the, the NBA All Star Game this is when it really hit me that TikTok was big and I had and I was behind is at the <laughs> NBA All Star Game they had the the all stars they had guys like Pascal Siakam, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, guys like that. Uh they were dancing doing TikToks and they're dancing with these girls. I had never seen yes, these girls before. They're they're like yeah. the
1: young really yeah. really famous.
0: Yeah. They like like
1: like yeah. 40 or 50 million followers. Mm,
0: wow, that's it's great a, just I for doing s- subpar dances. Yeah. That's wow. But yeah, they were dancing with these girls. I was like and people were like calling these girls by name, and I had never heard of them before. It's and funny I was because
1: like, I could probably name each of the girls. Of oh, audience.
0: I think so. I could now because every time I go on YouTube for some reason, it pops up. Yeah. Like something. It's like ones like Charlie, De- Charlie. DeMilia, Demilio, Demilio, DeMilio. And, and
1: her sister Dixie.
0: Dixie. Dixie. Dixie, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know they have a house they live in, right? Hype house. Hype house. Hype house. Hype house. Sort of like the Team 10 house that you see. Oh my I was God. like, I was still coming to terms with the Team 10 house. And that and fell apart. Yeah, that apparently is, is it not a thing anymore? I don't know. It's because like there was that. So I was barely coming to terms with that, barely getting a grip on that. And now Hype House exists. And like these people, these TikTokers, they're young too, right? Like very they're young. Very, like, Charlie like 15. like fifteen,
1: like 15
0: or 16. Golly. And they're living <laughs> in Los Angeles in a house together.
1: Yeah. I think their what parents the are rich to begin with.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Somewhat. It's never not rich kids that make it. Like, it would have been nice if like somebody in like rural trailer park, Kentucky, made it out, and now they were living in hype house. Mm, yeah. But it's never that. It's like, oh, my dad was a senator or something <laughs> in in Los Angeles. My <laughs> dad is the senator. Yeah. The senator. Uh, He's part of the Ottawa Senators, you know, (laughs) but uh, yeah, that's wow. We really have gotten into a lot. How long have we been recording for? It's been
1: 20 minutes. 20 minutes
0: of pure nonsense at the top of the podcast. I love it. Like 10 minutes in
1: post.
0: 10 minutes in post (laughs) when we cut out all the crap where we had to stop and and regroup and gather ourselves and Mm -hmm. listen to the worst song ever created by Sam Hunt. Yeah, I guess, Joe, if you're ready, why don't we just jump straight into the news? First up in the news this week, we had a ton of contract news. A bunch of guys co- signing contract extensions. Obviously, this week uh, was the the due date or the the deadline for getting guys that are franchise tagged to sign to brand new deals. So we had guys like uh, Chris Jones, guys like Derek Henry, and there were other people like Dak Dak Prescott was also on the franchise tag. Uh, Anthony Harris of the Minnesota Vikings. Just guys that were they were franchise tagged, and you have up until. This week to sign them to long-term deals or they will just play this year under the franchise tag and not be able to sign a new deal until after this season and w- and it's really seemed like up until up until really the deadline it seemed like nobody was going to sign any long-term deals it seemed like everybody was just going to play on their franchise tender this year and I there was a lot of reports that there there was not any deals expected and then all of a sudden two deals uh, as far as franchise go, guys go uh, sort of popped up. And we had, we had Chris Jones first. He was the first big, big name to drop. And he was a franchised uh, interior defensive lineman uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's one of the best uh, defensive tackles in the NFL. He has a 33 sacks in, in three years in the NFL. And he's just become really a dominant force, especially in the last two seasons there in Kansas City. And people including myself I, I thought there was absolutely no way he would be signed after Patrick Mahomes got his huge half a billion dollar contract extension I thought uh, that Chris Jones was just going to be a free agent after this year and they were gonna find uh, you know lower price guys because of Patrick Mahome's huge contract and some of the other potential contracts that they might have coming up in the future but Chris Jones this week signs uh, a a a four-year, $85 million extension with the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's he's going to stay in Kansas City for at least four more years. He's getting $21 million per year. Apparently, he was looking to get at least $20 a year, and he gets that with $21 million per year. $37 million of that is guaranteed at signing, and $60 million is guaranteed uh, for injury. So the Kansas City Chiefs lock up a huge part of that defense. One of the best players uh, not only on their team, but in the league, when it comes to interior defensive linemen, and to me, I love this move for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you can do it, if you can figure out a way to to have Patrick Mahomes contract and also have a guy like Chris Jones under contract uh, on your team, do it. I mean, this team is, is is the best team in the league, and they did not get any worse this off season. They're essentially the same team. They're bringing up back most of their starters, and they brought back they brought a few guys in. To, to make them better, like like the running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, in the first round there. I love it. I, I mean, a lot of people on Twitter, obviously, and in, in, in different places are saying things like, oh, yeah, the, uh, the Chiefs are not going to have any cap space now. What are they going to do when they have no cap space? I was like, okay, how would you worry about the cap space, random fan? And Chiefs will worry about winning Super Bowls because that's what they're putting themselves in the position to do right now is win Super Bowls. Uh, I mean, you can always find a way to manage the cap. The cap can always be managed. There's very, very smart people in NFL organizations. It's very hard to get yourself in a position where you can't wiggle yourself free from uh, certain cap scenarios. So, you know, all these people that are that are trying to, you know, I, th- I think they're devastated with how good the Kansas City Chiefs could be for a while. And they're trying to hide behind, oh yeah, but they're going to have no cap space. Like I said, you worry about the cap space and Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, all those guys in Kansas City, they're going to worry about winning Super Bowls. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think Kansas City is set up to be a contender for a while. They're building this team uh, really in all the positions of need. You want to build along that defensive line and and you want to build, obviously, if if you have a generational quarterback like Patrick Mahomes somebody like we've never seen before i mean that certainly helps as far as team building goes but i th- i think the Kansas City Chiefs i thought about it this week and i think w- also another thing that they might be m- might be at the back of their mind is something that the New England Patriots capitalized off for years and years and years under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and that is they were a consistent def- uh, contender year in and year out they were guaranteed to make it to the AFC Championship game. They were guaranteed to win their division. That was not a, no competition. They were going to be a Super Bowl contender every year. And then you had veteran guys come in, guys like Darrell Rivas, when he was a, when he was a free agent and he decided to go to New England. You have guys like that who, you know, in, in Kansas City scenario, guys who are veteran guys getting close to the end of their career and have maybe not done much winning. And they might look and say, yeah, sure, I can go get another big contract at the end of my career, say with the Jacksonville Jaguars, or I can sign a lower lower money deal and go to Kansas City maybe for one or two years and win a ring, something that I've never done in my career. And in a specific example I've thought of uh, this week was, and and I have no insider knowledge of this. This is not me saying this is something that could potentially happen, but this is something that, I mean sure it could happen but uh, i obviously i have no insider news but a guy like aj green for the cincinnati bengals a guy who's who's been in cincinnati his whole career played phenomenal one of the best receivers uh during his career one of the best receivers we've seen in the past decade dominant obviously didn't play last year uh hopefully he can bounce back and be dominant again this year you know we've seen what he can do we we know how dominant he is and and we know that he has not had a ton of success as far as team success goes in Cincinnati. A guy like him, his contract's up after this year. He's playing this year under the franchise tag. Um, His contract's up. I could see a guy like him being like, okay, I could go and cash in on another big contract, say, somewhere where I'm not going to be a playoff contender, somewhere where I don't have a a generational quarterback, or I could go sign a short-term deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, have people finally recognize how amazing I am, because I'm going to be playing in huge playoff games, I'm going to be playing in huge primetime games, and I could potentially win a Super Bowl you know, to end off my career at the, the latter stages of my career. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of seeing this as a potential thing that they can do in the future. It's having these veteran players come in there and, and, and maybe instead of taking bigger deals, come in and, and sign a shorter term deal and compete right away and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And that's something that the New England Patriots capitalize on for so long, and it's it's a big reason why they were able to build the dominant dynasty that they had for so many years. And I, I think the, you know the gears are sort of turning there in Kansas City that they might be able to do things like that as well. I mean they have already such a dominant team, and I, I'm really looking forward to see to seeing how they follow up last year um, with with this year and if they can repeat as Super Bowl champions. The next contract that was uh, contract extension that was signed this. This week was defensive uh, and Miles Garrett, pass rusher Miles Garrett, signed a five-year, $125 million extension through 2026, uh, $25 million per year to stay in Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, he was the number one overall pick in the 2017 NFL draft, and he's been basically, as advertised, he's been a dominant, dominant edge rusher since coming into the league. Um, obviously, last year, he smacked Mason Rudolph over the head with a helmet um, and, and missed the last eight games of the season. But other than that, other than him almost taking the life of Mason Rudolph, he's been a, he's been a great, not, not only a great player, but a great person. Somebody that's, I think, a very smart, intelligent human being and, and a guy that you would love to have on your team. And he's been super dominant, and he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. So this is, this is obviously somebody that Cleveland wanted to lock up. He's officially the highest paid defensive player in the history of the NFL at 24 years old. 24 years old, and he's making, well, he's he's got $50 million in guaranteed when he signs his contract. So he's 24 years old, making $50 million. I mean, we've been talking a lot about contract lately, and it really puts it into perspective. I mean, they're they're making almost as much as we're making off this podcast. That's crazy.
1: Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. I
0: mean, come on. That's, I mean, yeah, but as far as the Miles Garrett signing goes, I you love it. I mean, the guy's been really good. He's, he's got 30.5 sacks in 37 career games, so he's, he's averaging almost a sack per game. I mean, he's, he's been as advertised, and he, I think he'll continue to be dominant and one of the best pass rushers uh, of this generation. Next up, we had another franchise tag guy signing a contract, and another one that sort of surprised me and that was Derrick Henry getting a four-year, $50 million contract extension, making $12.5 million a year on average. Uh, so he signed that this week. I was actually quite quite surprised to see uh, Derrick Henry get the contract extension, only because running backs, uh, we've seen it over and over and over, running backs getting paid is not always a good idea in the NFL. I mean, running back is a position that you can find... Players, they're a dime a dozen. You know, you can find guys in the fifth round and they can be starters for you for three years and then you recycle them and you grab new guys in the fifth or th- the fifth or sixth round and they can be your starter for a while. But but to me, you know, we saw two big contra- big contracts be given out to running backs this offseason and the two big ones were Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Now, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's contract is out of this world and it's, it's much bigger than Derrick Henry's and in Christian McCaffrey is, obviously, he does so much more than just run the ball, whereas Derrick Henry is a, a runner. He's a pure runner. Um, but to me, the reason that I like these guys' contracts better than, say, a guy like Todd Gurley, you know, his contract was such a disaster uh, for the Los Angeles Rams, guys like that. The reason that I like these these contracts for these teams is... is both Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey, they're not, they're not just running backs. They're not guys like, like we talked about, Raheem Mostert uh, asking for a trade or he wants a contract extension. They're not guys like Raheem Mostert, who, uh, you know, as good a player as Raheem Mostert is, and he's had some really dominant games, really good games. He's a he's a fantastic running back. He's replaceable. He's a replaceable guy. You can find other running backs like Raheem Mostert. But both Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, to me, are two guys that are very unique and very hard to find. I, I, you'll be very, very hard-pressed to find a player, especially, like, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey first. He is not only the, the number one running option on that team, but he's essentially the number one passing option on that team. He's, he's the centerpiece of that offense there in Carolina, and, and that's to me, is why he deserved to have a contract and why I'm not as scared when it comes to him because he does things, uh, multiple aspects of the game. He, he, he's very much the most important player on that offense. And, and you could talk about injuries, yeah, I mean, but Christian McCaffrey's been fairly healthy throughout his career. And same goes for Derrick Henry. They're both pretty dur- durable guys. And going back to Derrick Henry, uh, he's another guy who, he's not somebody you'll see very often. We see big bruising running backs. We've seen guys like that in the NFL before. But Derrick Henry is so big and so incredibly athletic. We, we don't see guys like that come in the NFL. I mean, his stretch that he had last year at the, end of the, at the end of the season and into the postseason where he was one of the most dominant running backs I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen a, a running back change the game to the degree that Derrick Henry did last year. I mean, he was just running over full-grown men, full-grown adults, Guys like Earl Thomas making them look completely silly and they could not stop him. You knew it was coming. You knew the ball was going to Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill could not pass the ball to save his life in the playoffs. And you knew the ball was going to Derrick Henry. And still, he just tore through teams like the New England Patriots and teams like the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, just just two really, really good teams. Obviously, the Patriots have been dominant for so long and, and the Ravens were dominant for for last, last year, they were the best team in the NFL and they got completely destroyed uh, by Derrick Henry. We talked about him last week on the podcast. He was in my top five uh, running backs list. And to me, the reason that I'm okay with contracts like this, one, Derrick Henry's contract is not as bad as a as a contract like Todd Gurley's. There, there is outs after two years where you can sort of get out of Derrick Henry's contract. Uh, but another thing is, a guy like Derrick Henry, he, he's a guy that you're just not going to find very often in the NFL. He He's very much an anomaly. He's very much a unicorn. You're not going to find somebody as big and as athletic as Derrick Henry. Uh, so I, I like the contract for the Tennessee Titans. It's nice to see not only Ryan Tannehill get the contract, but maybe a guy who is even more deserving of a contract, Derrick Henry, get a contract extension. And running backs continue to get paid, even though it seems like running back is a position that... Seems to be sort of trending towards maybe not extinction to the extent of what the fullback position has kind of come to, but a, a, a position that's sort of trending towards not being as important as it as it once was, as it's completely a pass first league. But Derrick Henry's fit in Tennessee, I think, is really great. I mean, they're a run first team. They're not built to, to throw the ball over the yard. I mean, Ryan Tannehill can have those games. He can have those times where he's... He's dominant throwing the ball, but for the most part, this is Derrick Henry's team, and I think this contract shows that. Next up in the news, we're going to try to quickly uh, run through the last couple things in the news so we can actually get into the meat of the show. Um, The episode's getting a little bit long again. Obviously, we talked about music for a very long time. Uh, But uh, next up in the news, the the city of Philadelphia comes out this week uh, and says that they will not be having fans at Philadelphia Eagles games this year. So again, love COVID. COVID's been great, uh, you know. This is obviously very disappointing. Obviously, it was trending towards this. We kind of knew that for the most part, fan, uh, fans are not going to be at NFL games, and if there are going to be fans, it's going to be less fans than usual. But it's just disappointing to to have it actually happen and have it have them actually come out and say officially that there's not going to be fans, uh, even if it's just one city saying it right now. You know it's not long before there's more. And eventually, who knows, maybe we have no fans. And eventually, maybe we have no football. And in that case, that would be excruciatingly painful, uh, especially when I just started a podcast about football during probably the worst time to start a p- sports podcast uh, in the world during a, a time when there's no sports on. But uh, yeah, hoping for the best, uh, uh, preparing for the worst. We're going to have to come become a trap music podcast if if football, if the football thing doesn't work out this year or just talk about this certain subgenres of of music uh, and how its music is melding into one giant genre hmm. but uh yeah why don't we just move on to the next part of the news real quick um in the Washington football franchise this week uh they announced that they would be they would be changing their name they are they are retiring the old name that they had, the racial slur that they had. And, and you thought that this would be the biggest news for the Washington football franchise, but this, uh, this week, later in the week, uh, there was some leaks that the Washington Post was going to be posting a, an article about certain uh, unsavory aspects of the Washington football franchise, the inner workings of the franchise, uh, potential sexual uh, harassment and sexual assault issues uh, happening within the Washington organization. And the Washington Post did post um, articles regarding this. And apparently there are 15 former female employees of the Washington football franchise that came out and said that they were uh, sexually harassed or they have allegations of sexual misconduct within the organization. And apparently people like Dan Snyder, the owner, were aware of these and we're sweeping them under the rug, and they, they would do things like like making the female employees wear revealing clothing or tight clothing, or make them flirt with uh, potential customers to to get uh, as far as like the sales go. So it's not just the football aspect of it; it's the like the business aspect of the franchise. And it seems like it was just a real boys' club, and they were they were kind of sort of um, harassing. The women, these 15 women. And, and there's also other allegations uh, as far as paying off referees uh, in certain games, I believe. I have not read the article. You have to pay to read the article. And uh, I don't want to pay for a Washington Post um, subscription. But uh, there are a ton, of, a ton of allegations. And this is really a bad look for the Washington franchise. And I, I think I'll be very surprised if Dan Snyder is still the owner through all of this. The NFL has announced that it's doing uh, that there is going to be an, est- an investigation into the whole situation, and obviously this is—I don't think this is going to end well. It seems like pretty pretty reliable sources as far as the Washington Post goes, and I'm not all surprised. Daniel Snyder does not seem fit to run a a, a football team, and I would not be surprised if he's forced to sell, very much like the Panthers owner uh, Jerry Richardson had to do. Uh, a couple of years ago, when he sold the franchise to David Tepper uh, amid uh, sexual uh, harassment allegations and, and, and things like that, and to me, uh, I just don't see Dan Snyder getting away with this. And I, you know, even if he was not directly involved, there there's allegations that he knew that this was happening, and that that there's a culture of this inside the Washington organization, and you have minority owners backing out and and selling their shares within the organization, so. A lot of crap going on as uh, there in Washington uh, with that franchise, and it's gonna. It seems like sort of a, a messy time to reveal a new logo and a new uniform. But uh, hopefully, they can figure it out. I I really like the coach they have in place now, and I think if there's any guy who can who can take this on, it's it's Ron Rivera, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be sort of the main uh, face of this franchise through this process because I think. Like I said, Dan Snyder, he could be uh, forced to sell. And I think Ron Rivera is going to have to step up and and really be not only the coach, but the spokesperson for this franchise and and lead them out of this tough time. Obviously, he was in Carolina during Jerry Richardson's sale and when he had all the allegations. So he's got experience in situations like this. So I think Ron Rivera, there's going to be a lot of pressure placed on him. And to me, there's no better... Play uh, coach, rather, no better coach to approach this situation than Ron Rivera. Moving into the next part of the show, we're going to go over my top five defensive backs, cornerbacks going into the 2020 NFL season. And the, these lists, these top five position rankings are based off of not only what these players did last year, but a projection of what I think they're going to do this year. I, I sort of tried to meld it together, maybe have certain players where it's production from last year in certain players where it's projection for this year. We talked last week about the top five running backs in the NFL going into the 2020 season. We talked about my top five running backs. So if you have not listened to that episode, make sure you go back and listen to it after this episode. Uh, but without further ado, let's just jump into my top five cornerbacks for the 2020 NFL season. Coming in at number five, and it's cornerback for the New Orleans Saints, Marshawn Lattimore. This is sort of a uh, sort of a a quieter guy. He he's not a big name guy. He doesn't get maybe the recognition that he deserves. Uh, You'll remember a few years back during his rookie season, he was named rookie of the uh, defensive rookie of the year. And since then, he's he's had a couple rough patches in his career and hasn't maybe been the exact same player that he was during that rookie season. But to me, I, I he's he's a guy where I'm very much projecting. I like his ability. I like his twitchiness, his his speed. I, I love how the guy plays. Uh, I mean, if if you look at his stats from last year his 2019 stats in 14 games he, he had just one interception uh but he had 14 passes defense which was good enough for top 10 in, in the NFL and he had uh 44 catches allowed on 88 targets which which is 50 percent uh, which is which is very respectable that's sort of tops uh tops in the league as far as defensive backs go um and and he's he's a guy who his stats are not as good as some of the top guys on this list. And we'll get into that later. I think I think the top two guys on this list are far and away the best cornerbacks in the NFL. To me, these two guys are the best going into the season, the best from last year, and, and the rest are kind of the next closest. But Marshawn Lattimore, his stats are not nearly as good as those top two guys. But I love the potential. If you go and, and you watch... Uh, you watch film from March on Lattimore. You watch him against players like Julio Jones, players like Mike Evans. Uh, and you'll really... I was blown away by by his his ability not only uh, to to shadow receivers, but when he gets beat, and it doesn't happen very often, he's a very athletic, quick guy. But when he gets beat, or when a receiver runs a short route, and he's maybe given them too big of a cushion, his ability to to react on a dime, stop on a dime, get to that receiver, and just knock the snot out of him and tackle him. He's a really sure tackler, and that's something I really respect when it comes to the cornerback position. We see guys who who are maybe afraid to tackle. Marshawn Lattimore is not one of those guys. He's a a really sure tackler. He'll get in there. He gets so fast. His his ability to change directions, uh, change speeds, stop on a dime, fly towards the ball. He's got a nose for the ball. I I really like. He's sort of a different corner. He's not a lot of these other guys are just just big time playmakers. They'll get uh, they'll get the interceptions. They'll they'll ca- kind of get in your face, talk that crap. But Marshawn Lattimore to me, he's he's an under the radar guy. But I love his potential and I love the way he plays. He's flying all over the field. Incredibly athletic. A really good hard hitter. Uh, a sure tackler. Uh, and he's a guy who, who doesn't allow a ton of yards after catch, even when he does allow receptions, which is only 50% of the time he's targeted. Um, he, he, last year, he allowed 180 yards after catch, which is better than anybody in my top five. Marshawn Lattimore is the best as far as that goes. And you see that on film. When, when receivers catch the ball short, when receivers uh, you know catch him sleeping, he's so quick to get to res- those receivers and stop them dead in their tracks and, and and prevent them from doing anything else. And that's something that's so key on, on, on long third downs and situations like that where it's like you might give up a few yards. Sure, that's fine. You might give up a reception. But if you have a guy who can get in there and disrupt the play And and stop them short of a first down. That's all you really need, and that's why I love Marshawn Lattimore. I love where he's going. I think he'll only develop better as that secondary continues to get better. They they brought in a guy like Malcolm Jenkins this year uh, to to sort of bolster that secondary, and the Saints are going to continue to be good this year. So I'm excited to see where Marshawn Lattimore goes and how he develops this upcoming season. But right now he's my top. uh, He's my number five rather cornerback in my top five. For the 2020 NFL season, coming in at number four uh, is defensive back for the Baltimore Ravens, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, this is a guy who, in 2019, he was his he was a first-team All-Pro for the first time in his career. So he was one of the best uh, cornerbacks in the NFL, ranked by uh, the Associated Press. He was a he was a Pro Bowler. Uh, I mean, that's losing. More and more meaning every year being a Pro Bowler, but he was a Pro Bowler, so that means a little bit. But more importantly, he was a first-team All-Pro, and in 2019, in 16 games, he had three interceptions, 14 passes defense, uh, just like the last guy we talked about, which is good for top 10 in the NFL. He and he allowed 51 receptions on 88 targets, which is 58% catch rate on him, which is a little bit worse then Marshawn Lattimore, but still uh, respectable. Still, I mean, a lot of the guys that I looked at, they have much worse uh, percentage than that. Uh, I I think guys on this list do a really good job with not allowing catches on targets. And and these, these are guys that get targeted a lot. We're not talking about guys that never get thrown at. And this is a guy that got thrown at 88 times and only allowed 51 receptions. And he allows, he allows 8.6 yards per reception this past season, which is first among cornerbacks uh, with a minimum of 75 targets. So that's every time he does get a reception, it's for less than a first down. And if you go back to, we talked about his 88 targets that he had uh, during the 2019 season. If you look at other guys in the NFL with similar amount of targets, um, they allowed a lot more yards on those targets. So We look at, at Marlon Humphrey. On 88 targets, he allowed 440 yards. So that's how many yards he allowed receiving all season long was 440 yards. You look at uh, a guy like Marshawn Lattimore, who we just talked about, and talked about how great he was at at stopping guys from getting big-time yardage. On, on 88 targets, he allowed 612 yards. So you compare that to 440 yards from Marlon Humphrey. So he's just not allowing huge yardage. And you look at other guys like, like Tredavious White, who spoiler alert, we'll get to later in, in in this episode, who had 90 targets. On those 90 targets, just two more targets, he allowed 626 yards compared to 440 from Marlon Humphrey. And you want to talk about uh, somebody on the same team as Marlon Humphrey, there for the Ravens, Marcus Peters, uh, who had 90 targets as well. He allowed just under 600 yards as well. So all these guys have six, around 600 to 630 yards receiving on Around 88 uh, targets, whereas with Marlon Humphrey, he's targeted 88 times and he's only allowed 440 yards. I mean, that's those numbers are are tremendous. The guy does not allow a ton of yardage. He's a bend but don't break guy. He might give you a couple of receptions, like we talked about. His his catch percentage is a little bit uh, higher than a guy like Marshawn Lattimore, but he's gonna he's gonna be even better at not allowing you to get very far with those receptions. And, and you pair him up with a, with a guy like we talked about with Marcus Peters, who borderline made this list. I almost snuck him in at number five, but he didn't quite make the list. Him and Marcus Peters, I think, could be really, really exciting this year. Marcus Peters gets a whole season to play there uh, with Baltimore. And that could be a dominant, dominant duo. One of the best defensive back duos in the league. They were both first team All-Pros uh, last year. So them coming into this season could be really, exciting. And Marlon Humphrey's a guy, he's only 24 right now. I think he could develop into a, a fantastic shutdown level corner. Uh, and that's why he comes in at number four for me on my top five list. Coming in at number three, and this is a guy who's, who's sort of a, a controversial Uh, player, maybe uh, a guy who a lot of people love to hate. And and he's a guy who who I almost considered not putting on my list. It's kind of hard to believe that he's at number three and I almost didn't put him on my list because last year, I I didn't think that he played all that well last year. I mean, you look at his stats, you look at his ratings last year, and honestly, he had a a down year. And that, to me, that's something that I expect to change. And that's The player that we're talking about is Jalen Ramsey uh, of the Los Angeles Rams and this is a guy who when he came into the league he was projected to be a no doubt shutdown corner and he kind of became that immediately he was dominant from the start he was a shutdown corner Um, he's been a pro bowl level talent he's been a first team all pro level talent I mean, the guy's been really good. Last year, obviously, he had some controversy where he got into a fight with his coach in Jacksonville, ended up demanding a trade. People think maybe he was faking an injury uh, to, to kind of facilitate that trade a little bit more. Uh, and he ended up getting traded. And, I, and you look at his numbers, he didn't play all that well last year. He only played 12 games. Uh, he had one interception. He had five passes defense, which compares to the last two guys we talked about had 14. Uh, he had 45 passes catches allowed on 68 targets so that's less targets but he had 66% catch raised but you look at you look at the, the his numbers throughout his last few seasons that number is usually closer to 50% he's usually closer to the rest of these guys and that's why you might be asking why the heck is a guy who had such a down year a guy who who obviously his stats are not as good as the last two guys we just talked about why is he at number three uh, on your list, and to me, it's again just projecting. I really, I, I like Jalen Ramsey as a player, and I think at times he he can take plays off. Uh, he's sort of that loudmouth diva uh, cornerback, and he'll get in your face. But he also he he tends to take plays off. He maybe freelances at times, and that can make him look bad. But I think when he's on, and when the co- competition level is high. Uh, there's very few cornerbacks in the NFL that can be as dominant as Jalen Ramsey. And I like his potential. When he comes back this season, he learns the offense fully. Uh, hopefully he can learn it, uh, even though he's uh, not having a full training camp. Hopefully he learns the offense fully. And I think uh, he's going to be out for blood this year. I think a lot of people are are sleeping on Jalen Ramsey. They're thinking maybe he's he's maybe not the player that he once was. And I think he's going to be motivated to be better. Uh, this upcoming season. I think Jalen Ramsey will be better. I think out of everybody on this list, to me, Jalen Ramsey is the most potential. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, we saw him when he he got drafted. He was was supposed to be that next guy. And I think he's shown that at times. He can be the next guy. He can be that Hall of Fame level talent. And I very much expect to see that come out of him again uh, this upcoming season with the Los Angeles Rams. So that's why... Uh, Jalen Ramsey comes in at number three on my top five list. Coming in at number two, we're getting into the two players that I believe are far and away the two best defensive backs uh, in the NFL going to the 2020 season. If you look at the numbers you look at the stats to me these guys are far and away better than the other guys on this list and far and away better than anybody at the cornerback position in the nfl and at number two we have Tre'Davious white the cornerback for the buffalo bills i mean this is a guy who who's been he's been dominant quite frankly he's been an elite level player since he's come into the nfl he was He was a guy who was drafted late uh, in the first round. Maybe not uh, as a high profile guy, as a guy like Jalen Ramsey, but he's a guy who's just been consistent. He's been underrated. I think he continues to be underrated. We saw this week with the Madden ratings, people obviously were mad about him not having the proper rating. And honestly, who cares about Madden ratings? But you know, fix this, fix the game first. The game sucks so bad. I mean, I don't understand why you would worry about ratings. Don't buy the game. It's terrible. The gameplay sucks. But anyways, go back to Tredavious White. Uh, he, to me, um, he's the very definition of a lockdown corner. I mean, he's a guy you can put out there. He'll shut down your number one uh, receiver. He's an extreme athlete. He's, a, he's also a guy who will get in your face. He'll talk. And I love that with my defensive backs. A guy who's, who's not afraid to get in the, the mental of the receiver, get uh, into the mental aspect of the game, get the receiver uh, in their own head. And, and you look at his stats from the 2019 season through 15 games. He had six interceptions, which is tied for number one in the NFL, tied with the guy that we have coming up. Um, he had 17 passes defense, which is tied for third in the NFL he allowed 45 catches on 90 targets which is 50% and he had no touchdowns allowed the entire NFL season and that's crazy to me to be uh, such a high profile player you know teams are are scouting you they're they're preparing for you and to allow zero touchdowns for the entire NFL season and still be targeted 90 times like that's that's not a joke he's still targeted uh, more than a lot of defensive backs are targeted and he allowed a 45 quarterback rating to opposing quarterbacks, which is second uh, in the NFL with a minimum of 75 targets again. I mean, this is a guy who he just, if you go onto to um, pro football reference, if you go onto to uh, sites like that and you look up defensive stats as far as um, coverage goes, he's just at the top. He's near the top on every single one. I mean, he he's such a, a dominant player. Despite pro football focus being quite low on him, I don't know what their deal is with Tredavious White, but they don't seem to be very high on Tredavious White. I'll have to go in and look maybe why they don't rank him nearly as high as I think they should. But uh, Tredavious White, to me, he, he, he's a guy who, who continues to get criminally underrated. Um, and I think he, he's maybe going to start getting the, the recognition that he deserves. He was a first-team All-Pro last year for the first time in his career, and very much deservedly so. He was a potential Defensive Player of the Year candidate last year, and he. many people will think that he got robbed his rookie season of Defensive Rookie of the Year, um, and that's that's fair. I mean, he is now better than the guy uh, who took it, Marshawn Lattimore, in my opinion. Marshawn Lattimore was number five. Tredavious White is number two on my list. So Tredavious White, to me, uh, he's, he's a great, great player on a tremendous defense and, a, and an underrated defense. And I think this Buffalo team... Could be really fun this upcoming season. I think their defense will continue to be good. And that defense is led by Tredavious White, who's my number two cornerback going into the 2020 NFL season. Coming in at number one on my top five defensive backs for the 2020 NFL season is a guy who who was the number one uh, defensive player last year, according to the uh, Associated Press. He won uh, the AP Defensive Player of the Year uh, during the NFL Honor Ceremony. That's Stephon Gilmore, defensive back for the New England Patriots. And and he was, like we said, he was the Defensive Player of the Year last year. Uh, he was a first-team All-Pro. He was a Pro Bowler. Uh, and to me, uh, he, there's just no reason to not put him at number one. I mean, the guy, he, he was so dominant last year. And you can say that it's the scheme that New England schemes up. Uh, but whatever whatever it is, I mean, the guy is completely uh, the best to me. He's the best defensive back going into this season. He hasn't done anything. Nothing's happened to to not have him at number one. He is the oldest guy on the list, so that could be potential for maybe a drop off. But he is he is a really good athlete, so I expect him to to continue to be be dominant for a couple more years. Obviously, we 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 can see uh, defensive backs sort of. Fall off a cliff, but I don't expect that to see to, to happen with Stephon Gilmore this upcoming season. Uh, in 16 games last year, the guy had six interceptions, uh, which is first in the NFL. He had two touchdowns on those interceptions, so he had two pick sixes. He had 20 passes defense, which was number one in the NFL. Incredible, and uh, he had 47 catches allowed on 96 targets, which is 49 percent catch rate. And zero touchdowns allowed. Again, just just a completely dominant guy. Uh, quarterbacks had an opposing uh, quarterback rating of forty-four point one, with a minimum, uh, which is number one uh, in the NFL with a minimum of seventy-five uh, targets. So just a guy who completely dominated. Um, he, he he's a a guy who who fits so perfectly in that New England scheme, and and despite him being totally destroyed by Devonte parker in week 17 uh coming from a dolphins fan i mean come on Devonte parker toasted that guy in week 17. i'm not gonna let that you know sway my opinion the guy was totally dominant last year i expect him to do the same this year i think that that new england patriots defense is being slept on people are assuming that the patriots are gonna fall off and that the dynasty is over and that Tom Brady's gone, so they're they're not going to be this dominant team anymore. But to me, that defense could still be one of the best in the NFL, and the best player on that defense is Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he's a guy who's been consistently great, not only in New England. he New England is where he's thrived. He's thrived in that scheme in New England. He's been a dominant player uh, with the New England Patriots, but he was really good in Buffalo when he played there as well. Uh, and but nobody really expected him to become as dominant as he has been since he's been in New England. Uh, he's he's consistently the one of if not the best cornerbacks in the NFL. And to me, he's far and away the best cornerback uh, in the NFL. And that's why he comes in at number one on my defensive backs list for the twenty twenty NFL season. Anyways, I hope you guys really enjoyed uh, this week's episode. I know I enjoyed recording it. Uh, stay tuned. Next Tuesday, we're going to uh, get into my top five tight ends uh, in the NFL. We're going to jump back to the offensive side of the football. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or w- Spotify or wherever you're listening to it, uh, please subscribe. Uh, leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Um, give us some feedback. Follow the show at Average Joe Show. On Instagram and Twitter, uh, and and continue to check back every Tuesday for new episodes. Joe, anything to say before we wrap up the show? Anything. Yeah,
1: if you haven't heard it, uh, go look up uh, Surface, Aerocord, Surface,
0: Aerocord, Surface, and don't forget Trap Music. That was the thing that happened in our lives. Don't forget about it, people. Thanks for tuning into the show, and we will catch you guys on the next one.